0: This episode of Says Who, the second this week, is brought to you by you at Patreon.com slash says who. Your support at any level helps make this happen, including helps us do this twice in one week because who needs a life? Patreon.com slash says who. Uh also uh I'm Maureen
1: Johnson of Books and uh, let it snow. The movie on Netflix is out. You can watch it for free. Steal a Netflix connection or whatever. I don't. You know, it's I don't. I don't. I'm not here for Netflix. They 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 did a nice job though. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a. They, well, let it snow. Books, truly devious. You know the drill.
0: Do it. Books. And in case twice in one week is not enough of me, it's enough of me for me. Uh, You can get me in your inbox every day by signing up for the impeachment.fyi newsletter at impeachment.fyi slash sign up, all one word, Uh, and then you will get a summary of what happened every day in the impeachment proceedings written by me. That sounds like a threat, but a lot of people have signed up for it. Impeachment.fyi.
1: Special edition, special edition, special edition says who, 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 special edition. It is a special edition.
0: It is a special edition because Maureen Johnson, it's my birthday.
1: Yep. That's why we're here. And you know what I got you for your birthday? What? An impeachment hearing.
0: Okay. I'll tell That's great. I mean, I'll you, take it. You'll take it. That's a good gift. Um, could you do it without Devin Nunes next time, though?
1: No, you got to have that. You've got to have my Devin. Next
0: year's impeachment hearing, maybe you could do it without him. That would make it more of a happy birthday. Well,
1: We don't even have to do the preamble. Look, this is Says Who podcast. It's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. We're here to talk about what's happening. We're just two people trying to process we've been trying to process and now here we are we have watched the first day of impeachment hearings
0: we sure have i am dan sinker i'm maureen johnson and i wanted to tell you about my carpet that's great yeah i want what... to hear about your carpet because that's dan, why everyone's here that's why everyone tuned in carpet um, cast it's a special I... edition carpet cast yeah
1: uh I live in an apartment in New York and I have area rugs all around and I have had my beloved white shag rugs for the last ten years. But I've had two puppies in here, and um, one of whom is still a puppy is clinically insane. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Can I just say that Dexie is going through the adorable adolescent asshole phase of her career?
0: Yeah. I think that's just called dog.
1: She more I mean, she is she is like the Zelda was like the 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 very quiet studious older sibling and Dexie is like the funny feisty younger sibling. Yeah. She's got personality. Uh, I frequently find her. If I turn my back, she's into something like, you know, I go out to the room for a second and she's fully standing on the dining room table. You know, she, and she (laughs) likes to flip things up and eat them.
0: Uh, that's good. That's good for the old GI tract.
1: So, uh, oh does, she doesn't seem to have any repercussions from that either but she uh i decided it was time to get rid of my beloved 10-year-old white shag carpet that fills most of my living room so yesterday i pulled it out i rolled it up and i i cleaned and steam cleaned the floor while watching and listening to the impeachment hearings so wow
0: that seems perfect
1: well, perfect it's good, setting it's good to have a job to do like i don't just watch tv i do something i have it on headphones while i do something else yeah so i was I, uh, steam cleaning that floor I, uh,
0: do you hear me blowing my nose it's good are you sick? Are it's you sick good then? podcasting i have a cold
1: is it because There's it's? Been... is it good nice weather there
0: no it's it, well i mean compared to the rest of this week it is nice and that i think it might actually be above freezing right now but um but yeah, basically we have been we have been passing a cold around our house ever since uh ever since we got back from Disney World. Janice got it, worst of all, but I have a, I have a bit of a birthday cold. You're welcome. Uh, it's alright. It's okay. It's just uh it just means I'm gonna be sniffling, says Huvians. I apologize for that. Maureen Johnson. Hmm. The first Public impeachment hearings since the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the nineties. <laughs> um happened yesterday. Yesterday.
1: Yep. What'd you think, Dan? <sighs> Did you watch? Honestly, the
0: whole thing? Uh so I I watched I had to step out for an hour of the, um, during the round where like the speed round where every member of Congress or every member of the committee got to ask five minutes, uh, of questions, let's put quotes around questions, but, uh, got five minutes to grandstand. Uh, I had to go, uh, do another job, uh, for eight, for an hour of that. So, but I watched, uh, the opening, opening statements, I watched the uh, both lawyers do their thing, uh, and then uh, I watched the beginning of the of the clown show portion, and then I watched the very end of of everything. What about you?
1: I missed the opening statements on purpose because I didn't want them. Then That's i smart. I went over and I was like, "All right, time to turn it on," and I started it uh, when uh, Taylor, or actually, no. Uh, Kent started his. I think he. Yeah, he gave the first opening speech.
0: Oh, so you missed. Uh, you missed Devin Nunes' opening. That was smart.
1: I oh, I have a rule that I don't listen to him ever because I oh, I have brilliant. a single golden thread of sanity left, and I preserve it at all costs. <laughs> and uh, I had to go out, so I got it on my phone and played it on my phone as I was walking around. Doing my errands, and then I came home to steam clean the floor and like pull up the carpet, and I continued listening, and then it was done around three thirty. It was more interesting than yeah. I thought it would be.
0: Oh, really? I yeah. found it to be duller than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So we're at we're at different ends of this spectrum.
1: I really was like, "What is it that they're going to say that we don't know?" Or and I, I guess the thing that impressed me. Well, I think what was interesting to me was just how boring these guys were. Like, these were two real (laughs) nerds. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like that. (laughs) They really were. Uh, I kind of loved both of them for Mm -hmm. exactly that. You had William Taylor, who is the acting ambassador to the Ukraine, who spoke in this deep, very Leonard Nimoy-esque voice. Which I really, I enjoyed that voice a lot. We all loved it. If I had been a congressperson and I got my five minutes, I would have sent like paragraphs from different books over to him and was just like, can you read these, please? And then he'd be like, what is that? Just Ambassador Taylor, please just read.
1: Harry Potter to me. Please
0: just read this passage. Yeah. Read about the treacle tart that they ate in the great hall please and he'd be like and "Then it's, it's a treacle tart um wait he was... had a great voice
1: can i hear that i again? don't know no i want and it
0: Then there's they enjoyed a treacle tart he had a really nice voice it was just it's... resonant I just want... and he had that that ash that ash thing that that uh mm. leonard nimoy had that Is really quite pleasant as well. And then you also had uh, George Kent, who is the deputy assistant secretary of state for European and Eurasian affairs. And just this morning, Maureen, when I was making the notes, I realized the best way to describe George Kent. Is that he dressed exactly how you would imagine someone named George Kent would dress, Mm. He was cute. he was what you would think is the most George Kent that has ever George Kented in a bow tie and a tweed suit but it turns out that he is he is he is a George Kent of a long line of George Kent's oh yes yeah. all he, of wait, whom he, have been he went through the lineage. all of whom yeah like all of whom have worked as diplomats in the government
1: he also had a giant water bottle, and I was fascinated by it. It was one of those I'd never seen a witness on anything like that. Bring so it was one of those big sport. Was it a neoprene water bottle? Like it was a, <laughs> it was it was probably a liter of water, possibly more. It was giant, uh, and he had the cap off. And between questions, he would take a big old guzzle of that thing, and. He came in with his bow tie. And he looks like if you've seen um if you've seen Good Omens, the Neil Gaiman.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Terry
1: Pratchett, he looks like um a Xerophil a little bit. As uh, Michael Sheen is a Xerophil, like very buttoned up saintly guy with a little bow tie. Like he looked he that was every time I I saw him, I was like, that's a Xerophil. That's with a yeah. giant water bottle that's there to tell about the long line of George Kent's that have done service. And they, he very, so they had two different things. Um, the ambassador was very, very good. Yes, uh, very good. And he spoke like that. But then <laughs> George Kent would get his water bottle on his bow tie, and every question <clears throat> he would lean forward and very neatly click on his microphone and say, "Yeah, oh, I agree with that, and then lean back and click it, like, <laughs> done. Like it, He was so precise I yeah. loved it. I could have watched those guys for
0: 8 more hours. They were good guys. Do you think that the water bottle was a compromise because he wanted to wear one of those camelback backpacks on and just every now and then just lean over and slurp off some more water out of the tube that sticks up right next to your head? Dan,
1: George Kent has never worn a backpack. George Kent carried <laughs> a true. carried a briefcase to kindergarten. <laughs>
0: It's a leather satchel when he wants to feel kind of like he's getting wild. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was great. I liked both of them a lot. And I think that was sort of the point. Like, put two real nerd, straight shooter, boring dudes out as your opening. It did offer contrast to the Republicans. Like, the... So, for those of you that didn't watch... The format was this. So there were opening statements. Uh, first, Adam Schiff, who's the chair, Democratic chair of the committee, uh, gave an opening statement, very much kind of stepping through the entire narrative of you know, what the, what the cri- high crimes and misdemeanors were in this case. Then Devin Nunes, who's the Republican ranking member, um, also notable, suing a fake Twitter account uh on Twitter that pretends to be his cow. Um he gave a an opening statement as well, which was wow, just batshit. Um conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. Um then the two, uh, the two actual witnesses got to give their opening statements, which were very long, and and both kind of contextualized themselves and their work, and spoke to uh, kind of what they understood about this kind of Ukraine affair that uh, that sits at the center of the investigation. And then uh, came the kind of the main questioning, which were two forty-five minute rounds. The first done by the democrats a second by the republicans and the the rules of engagement were either the chair or the ranking member could ask questions or they had counsel uh one one lawyer for the democrats one lawyer for the republicans and they got a 45 minute block of democrat questions and then a 45 minute block of republican questions and um the democratic lawyer was a real good straight shooter essentially asking them to corroborate things that they said in their testimony because both of these dudes have already testified behind closed doors um over the last month and then maureen there was the republican lawyer mm.
1: you want to angry... tell us a little about him so that guy um I just kept referring to him as I was steam cleaning as the angry as the angry hatchet-faced man who <laughs> didn't appear to know. As far as I understand it, Dan, if you're a lawyer, you should never ask a question in court that you don't know the answer to. I thought that was the thing yeah. that, and he would keep asking questions about why they did or didn't do something or who did something, and they would explain that that's not how it's done. And like how the actual procedures ran in like, he's like, and they're like, why didn't you have this call at this at the white house? And they're like, because we are stationed in Ukraine. And so regularly what happens is like, if you need, so they, he would, they, and he would be like, Oh, okay. So he would just sort of ask stuff. Like I thought, I thought at some point he was going to be like, where do babies come from? And they're like, well, here's the thing. (laughs) So, and then,
0: well, well, here's the thing. When a man and a woman love each other very much,
1: it doesn't have to be a matter when we just talk about a uh, biological, um, uh, uh, sexual organs uh, coming together in a certain way that, uh,
0: <laughs> in, a, in a certain way,
1: and, uh, depends it, it on the depends ovulation
0: cycle.
1: And uh, you know, this is a uh, uh, statistically, um, you have a, your rates of success uh, vary depending on a number of factors, external and uh, environmental, and also biological, and so. Um, So he was I was puzzled because whenever something happens that involves a lawyer that I say, I don't think lawyers do that. I'm always concerned because I'm not a lawyer and I should not (laughs) know more than the lawyer. Like, that's always a thing.
0: Yeah, especially when you consider that each one of these individuals testified for 10 hours solo with a full transcript available so you really should have known every part of what they were going to say at this point but it was it was amazing to watch him first of all like his face hatchet faced is a very good descriptor my descriptor was at least at the very beginning he looked like a guy who was working really hard to hold in a fart mm like just a real clenched face of or, concern
1: or maybe like sam the eagle but squashed in a panini
0: press <laughs> but yeah he opened by basically trying to get them to admit that it would it was okay for donald trump to be pissed at the ukraine uh because there were various ukrainians that uh, made fun of him during the campaign. And they just kept being like, That's a, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. But that was like a good 10 minutes of his questioning. And then he switched gears, and his whole thing seemed to be that he wanted to show that these guys were really not important. By basically being like, so you, you two are like the go-to guys when it comes to Ukraine. You two are like the Ukraine superstars at the State Department. How come you weren't on the call? Like, gotcha. And then they were basically like, um, uh, well procedurally we would we would never be on a call like that because those calls are actually uh, routed through the national security council and not the state department uh we would always appreciate if our national security department colleagues would uh perhaps consult with us but quite often they don't and and uh that's their prerogative but uh but no but procedurally we would we would never be on those calls yeah and, and he was uh
1: well They um, definitely the piece of shit award for the day went to Jim Jordan, who was was too (laughs) was too angry to wear a jacket. Jim Jordan jacketless sleeves rolled
0: up and he just was there to be the angry baseball dad, I guess. Important point of order. He was not on the intelligence committee until Saturday. Mm. They brought him in as their ringer.
1: Well, I think that explains why he didn't have a jacket.
0: (laughs) That's his signature. Apparently, his deal is that he does. Jim Jordan doesn't wear jackets. Oh, you can't cage Jim Jordan
1: in a jacket. But he his whole thing. This was one of the the point where I got angriest and felt craziest was the Jim Jordan line of questioning to them, which was. And I have an important part to make about this, Dan which was, I'm excited. What if you're wrong? And his whole thing <laughs> was, well, <coughs> you said this. And they're like, yes, that's what I heard. And they're like, so that's what you heard. And they said, yes. And they said, but what if you're wrong? And they said, well, we're just here to tell you what we were told. And they said, but what if you're wrong? And they said, well, we are just here to tell you what we were told. And they said, so you're here to tell us what you We're told. And he said, yes. And they said, well, what if that never happened? And in fact, it did never happen. And they were like, dude, what? We're just, what do you want? Is that a question? We just hear. (laughs) So Jim Jordan managed to break from, this was basically the, the procedure of his logic was, what you came to tell us what you heard. Yes. So this is what you were told. Yes. Well, what if you're wrong? Well, we're not wrong. We're, we're, we're accurately reporting what we were told. But well, what if you're wrong? What? Because that thing you said you heard about never happened. We're just here to tell you what we were told. In fact, it never did happen. And it was a very, and it was a very that escalated rapidly. And Dan, I may have mentioned this before, but one time about 10 years ago or so, I was the four women on a murder trial and the murder trial was a cold case from 1989 in which a man was accused of murdering his grandmother while he was high on crack cocaine. Wow. And yes, he, she had been murdered by, she'd been beaten with an, uh, over the head with an object. I believe. And then, um, she was after that strangled with a telephone cord and hung from a doorknob.
0: God. It was rough. Wow. And it was a happy birthday to me. They had a lot of evidence. Well, the
1: thing is, they had a lot of evidence. They had, they clipped her fingernails and preserved them and they tested them for DNA and they found his DNA underneath. But they had a lot of other evidence against him, including the fact that she was on the phone at the time and said, So and so is at the door. I'm just going to get that and hung up the phone. He was known for being violent, he was known for stealing from her and his entire family rest of the family was there it was like he totally did it they had like oh, giant giant piles of evidence that said that he did oh, it God. i mean it was it was it was it it was and the reason they had not been able to prosecute oh and also his witnesses he said had seen like that he was with at the time of the murder so he was like here are the people i was with and the they looked into those people, and those people were dead. They had been dead for six months at the time he said he was with them. So, Oh, good. Okay, so that's the case, Dan. And then the, the defense attorney, which is a public defender, he stands up, and his whole line of questioning to the DNA expert is, how big is DNA? And, <laughs> and she, And so the whole line of defense was that DNA was small. <laughs> and once once that occurred to me that I'm like, this is really happening, like his whole thing is that <laughs> DNA is small. <laughs> so <coughs> he did it. And Sorry. also afterwards, I found out more about this case. It's like this guy really did do it. Like there were just giant, 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 giant piles. And it was all kind of technicalities that they couldn't uh, prosecute him in 1989. Oh, but, right. yeah. But it, I mean this family is literally begging for justice for this dead grandmother. Like, it was horrific. So, anyway, Dan, all of this is an aid to say is when I was listening to Jim Jordan, I was very, or the whole thing, the whole thing, I was very much reminded of DNA is small. And there, there, at no point did anybody, anybody, any Republican on that side ever suggest or say the president should not have done this shit
0: right no definitely not jim jordan had an additional line of questioning um, because a lot of essentially when republicans weren't spewing conspiracy theories about the 2016 election and hunter biden and things like that their basic way of attacking this testimony was to say you all are just talking about things that you heard secondhand shit so first of all the reason that you are getting people that are testifying about things that they were told instead of the people that did the telling is because the white house won't let any of those people come and testify so A bit of a disingenuous argument to say the Democrats are only producing secondhand witnesses when they have actually subpoenaed for firsthand and they are not being allowed to come. But anyway, point being, um, one of the people that kept emerging over and over and over again in this testimony is Gordon Sondland, who is the um, ambassador to the EU. And that sounds fancy and ambassadorial. But in fact, uh, before he became ambassador to the EU, which I think was this year, but may have been last year. Uh he is a multi-millionaire or billionaire hotel magnate, uh, friend and donor to Donald Trump. So he is not exactly a, a a diplomat. Um he is sort of a central figure in all of this as one of the people that are kind of running the what um Taylor calls the irregular channel, which Rudy Giuliani was running. Um and then uh but Sondland was sort of one of the one of the main people. And during the original closed door testimony, Sondland uh, was held up by Republicans as being one of the people that testified that there wasn't a there was no quid pro quo. Um, when they began to release the testimony, uh, they released alongside an amendment written by Sondland that basically said. Oh, you know when I said there wasn't a quid pro quo and then a bunch of other people testified that there was, well, yeah, there was and here's the context for that. And it was this per I was I talked to this person and told this person and you know that's how this person heard and blah blah blah. Um Jim Jordan early on was like, "Ambassador Taylor, I have something for you to read. Here's a piece of paper." and had a piece of paper delivered to him. And then it's like the whole thing is filled. Uh, it turns out it's it's Sondland's amendment to his testimony. And Taylor looks at it and goes, would, would you like me to be reading this? And Jordan goes, no, I want you to have it. I'm going to read it. And then he proceeds to read it. And it's a, it's a somewhat confusing sentence that basically is like, Sondland said that he talked to Williams, who then talked to Taylor, who, you know. And Jordan's basic thing was like, this is just crazy. The number of people that are talking to each other just doesn't make any sense. You mean to impeach a president based on someone telling someone something else? How can you even make any sense of it? And Taylor's like, well, um, if it just this is it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me. And Jordan's like, it doesn't make sense to me!
1: Jim Jordan didn't just read that. He read it Carnival Barker quickly. Like, he read it... (laughs) he did. So you can make anything sound like it doesn't make sense. If you read it like this, and then he said... Does that make sense? Well, if you just actually read it normally, yes. He just read it very... I was like, is he trying to be an auctioneer? What's happening? He just... Every time he would read it faster. So you just have to make it. Congressperson
0: Jordan. It makes perfect sense to me. If you just read it slower.
1: Uh, DNA is small. I mean. uh, (laughs) Everything. And they said. Well well, here you are. You're the star witness. And you should be impeached. They're like dude that's up to you. We're just here to tell you what we know. And they're like, "Oh, so you can't even? You're the star witness, and you can't even say if he should be impeached?" And again, that's not their job. That's I'm not, not the. Well,
0: I'm not the star witness.
1: They, they. He's later like, "We never claimed to be star. We're just, dude. We're so." All of this is to say is that they, the Republicans, had very little they could do. Yeah. And they did the very little
0: literally ended with Devin Nunes's closing statement, which was to say that the hearings should be stopped until three basic questions are answered, which is a play off of the fact that the Democrats set up sort of a rule of play, which was not enforced whatsoever yesterday, that there were three basic questions that, they, that all of the questioning should answer around. But Devin Nunes's questions were... <clears throat> Uh, who is the whistleblower and how how is he coordinating with the Democrats? What did the Ukraine do to meddle with the 2016 election? And what was Hunter Biden's job in Ukraine? Right. Jesus Christ.
1: They were trying to push the Ukraine actually interfered in the election as opposed to Russia. So they, they they are literally doing the bidding of... I mean yeah, they're doing the bidding of Russia. Like what do we even say about this? It's it's pretty it's yeah. pretty straight up. It's pretty direct. Yeah. Like it's 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 at the point where weirdly, Republicans, I mean they have been, but I mean it, it was really on show yesterday is that Republicans are straight up nothing matters anymore. I mean, they're just straight up attacking their own attacking their own security security departments their own ambassadors their own they're attacking their own body they're attacking it's yeah and to what benefit and just talking about conspiracy theories usually yeah, I mean you
0: ringing in my head during all of that was you actually just the day before uh when we recorded the other episode of says who this week uh, talking about doomsday cults mm. and realizing that that's what it is now. Like, nothing else matters. Like, attack every apparatus that is a part of the government, including ones that traditionally are the ones that Republicans stand up for the most in, uh, un- you know, in fiatty of the, uh, you know, of of the leader.
1: Now, obviously... They don't believe any of this shit. I don't know if any of these people believe this shit. I mean, the only one that's even possible is Devin Nunes because he's real dumb, but he doesn't believe it. Like, they don't, they all,
0: right? I don't know. I don't necessarily think they believe it, but I'm also not convinced that they don't not believe it. Like... how? I don't I don't think that they are entirely. I don't know if I believe what I'm saying right now.
1: <laughs> I How don't think they so believe that? It? They don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't none of them like him. They all know he's full of shit, and none of them believe this stuff because it doesn't make any sense. So why are they doing it?
0: I mean, I think that. I I would maybe disagree with the statement that none of them like him. I think that there are a lot of people Nunes and Jordan and Matt Gatz, who was not actually on this committee. It's kind of amazing that God. he was not moved on. Um, they desperately want to be liked by him. You know, I mean the one of the weird powers that Donald Trump has over people is convincing them to work against their best interests. This is, Congress people, this is his own fucking children, right? In return for small and ever increasingly smaller reward from Donald Trump, right? Like, I mean, I think all of those guys want to be liked by him. They want some sort of reward that will never come from him it is awful
1: all right dan so what's the end game here the, presumably they've they've war-roomed all of this out step by step even through all the witnesses next week what do they get
0: there're eight witnesses next week there's still uh one more tomorrow too the ambassador to fired ambassador to ukraine the one that that's was sort of at the at the brunt of yeah, the, at the brunt of Rudy Giuliani's smear campaign is um, Marie Yovanovitch, and she will be um, she'll be testifying tomorrow. And then next she, week, it's like eight different people, including Gordon Sondland.
1: Shout out to the podcast Trump Inc. Um, by ProPublica, uh, yeah. which breaks down the uh, Trump businesses, and they do a deep dive this week into uh, into her and to, and to how because how this this um these Ukraine connections work can be confusing and Definitely. they do they do a good job in kind of breaking down all of these european connections
0: um but they did a couple of weeks ago they did an episode on Rudy Giuliani's exploits in Ukraine which is also really really good
1: <clears throat> yeah it's it's really fascinating this stuff, and it's once you kind of at first you're like, and then you dip your toe in a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, like it, it, it a picture begins to emerge, and it is such a New York picture too. It's at it, living here, it's so, um, this is a kind of personality type that you get familiar with living in New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? The operators, like the yeah, everything has like a double. The thing that's one, you know, like I worked in restaurants in New York uh, in the 90s, late 90s, and it was well known that this bit, one restaurant I worked at, they're like, yeah, they're running like a Coke ring out of the upstairs. Like there's a. Oh and I was like, huh, this is a restaurant. They're like, yeah, but like there's a lot of money being filtered through. And I was like, really? But apparently, yeah, like there was a lot of. um. Double kind of double purposing of, uh, of, you know, you just get used to stuff that's not quite up and up. Not that you yeah. participate in it, you just find out it's happening all around you. Um, certainly, where I live is even like that. Like it's it's all just like all of New York real estate is just a like a quagmire of of like of duplicity and I mean. There's there's almost no straight New York real estate. It's all right, and and that's the waters Donald Trump comes from, which is why we're all like, yeah, really, that guy. That's our dumbest one, like him.
0: <laughs> and um, then Rudy,
1: and Rudy, like our crazy Uncle Rudy, and the dumbest dude. Oh. Uh... why didn't you get that guy from Cushman and Wakefield or whatever? You know, like what? Why this one? <laughs> but anyway, Dan. <laughs> What's important is our update on your burner phone.
0: Oh, now, Maureen Johnson.
1: In the last episode, Dan realized that he could probably get Rudy Giuliani's phone number and I then get a burner phone to text him.
0: And that we could then pitch him on producing his impeachment podcast that leaked out he was considering doing.
1: So how'd that turn out?
0: Well, Maureen. First of all, <laughs> I did get phone numbers for Rudy Giuliani, and I got them on my first try. So that <laughs> was sort of exciting. As I, as I, as I dm to you, imagine if I used my powers for evil.
1: I know. Um, That's why I keep on my good side. <laughs> Now, Dan, I have to uh, say that when I first met you, I was before I knew you, I was scared of you because I'm like, this guy, you don't want <laughs> you don't want to get on this guy's bad
0: side. Turns out I'm really very nice. But yeah. um, <clears throat> and that's part of why you will you can get people uh, that shouldn't to give you Rudy Giuliani's phone number. So um I the person that gave them to me, I'm not gonna th- do anything to reveal who they are. Uh, they did give a caveat that he changes his phone number a lot and that they would supply me with the three most recent that they had for him. Um, I then did some research because I did not feel comfortable using my own phone number to contact rudy giuliani as 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 small a a thing as that is. It felt like I should. I should maybe up my operational security on this, on this manner. So uh, I investigate, I talked to a friend of mine who is very good at, at security stuff and uh, about how do I get a burner phone and all of that kind of thing. Um, Turns out burner phones that were the central point of, was it the wire season one? Was that when they were buying burner phones or was it season three? I can't remember. I don't know. but basically buying like a track phone off the rack uh, and using that and paying cash for it. You can't pay cash for phones anymore um, because of the fact that they were used for a lot of things. So uh, he outlined a rather involved process of eBay purchases and things like that. I was like, that sounds like more more than I need. He was like, oh, well, if you just need a, a number that can't be traced, there's just, just use the burner app. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Maureen, there is an app called Burner that is pitched for, quote, business and dating. I'm just shaking my head
1: right now. Shaking my head.
0: Uh, That you can uh, pay $5 a month and you get a phone number. You choose the phone number and uh, it routes through your phone but does not send any identifying information of your phone. Uh, instead, it uses the, a burner number. You can refresh the number at any point. <laughs> you can just get a new number. It's all on the up and up there, Maureen, for sure. Hell oh, of a boy. business model there. Man uh, alive, so... but I'm
1: glad I don't date.
0: Yeah. So over the course of uh, yesterday, I sent texts to all three of Rudy Giuliani's phone numbers. I have not heard back
1: yet. Do any of them appear to have been read?
0: Receipt. uh you don't get a read receipt on a, mm. on them um but none of them bounced you know they okay. they all were delivered okay um I'm just looking right now yeah all three have not been let's see if there's a read receipt no there's no read receipts mm. um so we'll see i was gonna was going to re up with a perhaps more they they were very straightforward, just I'm an independent podcast producer wondering if you need help um might try to get a little more pizzazz in there uh yeah. for, the next, for the next round.
1: It does feel a little like uh, spammy, so you might you know just uh
0: yeah put a little you know, more
1: Chicago a little journalist more funk
0: on that junk, you know yeah. I really
1: want to get your message out there. I really want to get message out I don't want to make too many
0: there. promises.
1: Oh, but you want to get but, his message uh... out there, Dan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, boy, do you.
0: Anyway, it's underway. Thanks in large part to your Patreon uh, contributions, which are covering my business and dating phone number. <laughs> Directly thanks like, to you. Can you imagine like the VC pitch meeting that these people went in? They were like, look, here's the deal. We want to make life easy for drug dealers and adulterers. Mm. And someone's like, I'm in. Here's $5 million. You had me at easy. So. (laughs) You had me at adulterers.
1: Yeah, there's no shortage of uh, bad VC. Like, for example, Dan, this is not something you wanted to know, but my GYN his, he's a real showboaty rock star kind of doctor, but he has done multiple surgeries on me.
0: Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. You have a rock star showboat, OBGYN? I do. I'm just imagining like Job Bluth. <laughs> like, I'll, he's a um, knife in his hand. Um,
1: doo-doo-doo, I wish you were wrong. I wish you were wrong. He, um. <laughs> oh, no. He's clearly so my mom as a nurse and always described what the rock star doctors were like. They're like they always walk around with like the people behind them. And, they, you know, they're very they got a lot of attitude. And so he's um, <laughs> like he he was in a movie about giving birth. He has like a lot of celebrity patients and he um, wow. he's the Good Morning America GYN sometimes like he's.
0: This is this is a remarkably New York story.
1: This is the man that when I woke up from surgery, I heard him saying that he had 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York. So this is that same guy. Okay. Yeah. And as I was coming out of anesthesia, they were having trouble waking me up. And I hear him saying, I've got 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York. And I got so excited by this that even in my anesthesia state, I started reaching out like clawing for his arm. And I pulled him, and I said, "Did you say you have eighty thousand bees (laughs) in a house in Upstate New York?" And he said, "Yeah, you heard that." I was like, "Hell yeah, I heard that." I went back to sleep, but I was so excited. (laughs) So anyway, my rock star doctor. Any, I know none of you asked about my team, but this guy—he is actually a really good surgeon. I had complications from surgery that have nothing; they are not his fault. They had something. It was something that happened afterwards. A procedure that happened that a hospital didn't tell him about. So it's not his fault that I got sick. It was a it was an accident that happened offsite and my body working together. So this guy's actually a really good doctor, but he is a rock star showboater, and he has joined one of these concierge practices. They've opened up in New York. This very super goop boutiquey. It's like the prettiest oh, no. office in New York, and it's like. Super adorable, and it's got poops and stuff. And they give you like beautiful fuzzy robes and like chenille blankets. And they have an app, wow. and they and it's naturopathy and like scented. Oil, like I was like, but it's also a membership service. You have to pay one hundred and fifty dollars a year to be a member, and you get an app. And I, I'm like, I don't want any of this shit. I just want a doctor. <laughs> like all of this is to say is that. There's so much stupid money out there. It's like burner phone apps and dumb. Like, I just want to go to the doctor. I don't want you to give me, like, I don't want you to rub me down with lavender oil and talk to me about magic rocks or anything. Like, I just, please stop. So anyway, Dan, I'm saying New York, this is what we produce, Dan. Bullshit.
0: Well, you've produced a bullshit mayor that we really want to make his podcast. Oh,
1: do we ever. Uncle Rudy, come to us. We do a good job. Both Trump and Giuliani are so hilariously New York. And I do feel that living here really does give us, like, we know our own. (laughs) And this is the kind of shit we make. Like, Chicago, you make some shit. LA, you make a kind of shit. Texas, you make a kind of shit. All of <laughs> it like, every city makes its own kind of shit. And this is ours and we know it. Uh, he was here this week, Dan, blocking my street.
0: That's right. Just Trump down was, just down the road from you.
1: Yeah, not too far. Uh the Veterans Trump, Day Parade, is that right? Yep, yep, he came and did it. And so they blocked off the whole street with like garbage trucks like they do? So he was literally surrounded by a by a wall of garbage trucks, which I was like, checks out. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, Dan. So tomorrow we do it again.
0: Yeah, Maria Yovanovich, you will not hear from us on the regular feed tomorrow, but for Town Watch members, that is, uh, that is Patreon supporters at the five dollar and up level. You will hear from us tomorrow because we have a very special episode for the Town Watch that is you talking about Watergate until your dog shits the floor. Wish that wasn't
1: true, but it is.
0: I. That's my favorite part of the whole thing, to be honest.
1: How does it end with the shouting? a
0: hard stop. It just ends with you being like, oh my God, oh my God, no, oh no, oh no, oh, oh. And then I'm basically like, town watch, stay vigilant. Click.
1: Yeah, she is Giardia again because she uh, she while I was in L.A., she had to go to the go to puppy camp and they just pick stuff up from each other there. It's like daycare. So she came back and I was daycare.
0: They just let them swim in the Gowanus Canal.
1: Well, you know, they got to get exercise. So I knew she was off, like, and the whole time we were recording, I had an eye on her, and I'm like, something's not right, like. But I was like, <laughs> I think I can time this out, you know. And then I, I, I was like, oh, oh, oh. so, and then I just watched her go over, and it, yeah, it ends badly. But I have to continue <laughs> that because I don't re- even remember how far I got with the Watergate story.
0: Hey, we did have to be like, this will be part one, so we will need to, uh, we will need to record a second part at some point. But at uh, Patreon.com/slash Says Who. If you are not currently a $5 or up supporter, uh, go do that because your support is what makes this possible. And I want to say that at the $10 and up level, uh, at the one-year anniversary point of our Patreon, we added continuing support prizes uh, that uh, a sticker that for anyone at the $2 and up level, if you have supported for four months or longer, you get another sticker in the mail. Uh, but for $10 and up level, we are commissioning a map and Maureen Johnson, the artist just sent me uh, thumbnails of potential layouts <gasps> for the map. The really? map of says I need to send, I need to forward that along to you. It's getting real. This map is getting real.
1: Yeah, this map is
0: a map really good. of whovia, The major landmarks, the monorail line, all of it. <sighs> I'm excited about the map. But you can get that. You can get bonus episodes, including tomorrow's Watergate episode, at patreoncom who. Thank what you. What time
1: is a uh, testimony tomorrow, Dan?
0: Uh the I believe the testimony will always be a 10 a.m. Eastern start, and the formats will follow every time. Which I realized today. Next week there are eight. There are eight people <laughs> testifying, though um, a number of them are are grouped together. Mm-hmm. Um, but Devin Nunes is going to have to do opening statements and fucking fill 45 minutes every time. That's going to get painful by the second or third rendition of the airing of Grievances. Oh, boy. All right. But yeah, well, 10 a.m. tomorrow for uh, for Marie Ivanovitch, Or as everyone it, called her yesterday, Masha, which is her nickname, apparently. Well, here we go. Here we go. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our logo was designed by Darth Darth. We love you. Has gone into hibernation, Maureen. Oh, no, really? Yes. I wish Darth a wonderful rest. Yeah. And a return when they are ready. Yeah. It's sad. I don't... They literally can't fire anyone from the White House until Darth returns from hibernation.
1: Do you think Darth will come out for that?
0: I don't know. I'm genuinely worried because Darth has the... They need to open a wing of the Smithsonian once this is all over. That is simply the evolution of Darth's fired White House employees standing outside the White House Photoshop collage that they've been building. Yeah. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email it, hey, that is H E Y at Says Who Podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at Slash Group Slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard and Maureen. Yesterday, the Facebook group had two open threads. One was a thread for people watching the hearing. The other was a thread for people not watching the hearing. Mm. And both of them were blowing up for hours yesterday. It's yeah. wonderful to see the support that all Says Whovians have yep. for each other.
1: It Which sure is, wonderful,
0: is. A wonderful group of people collected there. You can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, November 20th for our next episode, Maureen Johnson. Something else happens next Wednesday, November 20th. Do you know what it is?
1: Your birthday.
0: Do you? you, you? No, that's today, November fourteenth. Your birthday again. Nope. Nope. What? What? Nope. What? Another Democratic debate. Mm -mm. Nope. Woo. Right after that, mm. November 22nd through 24th, you can join Maureen in wonderful, warm Miami at the Miami Book Fair. You know, you can take a high-speed rail from Miami to, uh, to Palm Beach. You could go to Mar-a-Lago.
1: Actually, one of the things on the hotel site is how far it is from the Trump Doral
0: no really yeah yep <laughs> so that's how far is it from the garbage dumps that overlook trump doral
1: yeah no it's one of the record like what one of the local things like if you want to play golf you can go over to the trump doral. Wow.
0: maybe i'll do that yeah Fun. Mm-hmm. there you go oh hey there you go
1: maureen goes to the trump i do you can
0: just walk in to golf i think you got to be a member maybe the Guess... golf thing's different i don't know
1: i it sounds like they maybe they can you can do like a I don't know, Dan.
0: You should talk to a concierge.
1: I'd really like to go over to the Trump Doral. Can you hook that up for me?
0: Yeah. (sighs) Special. Do a spring a little portable mic. Special episode. Maureen hits the links. Have you ever golfed? I've never golfed.
1: I've never golfed, but my boyfriend in high school was the greenskeeper at a public golf course. And so we used to ride go- golf carts around at night. Ah, uh, I've never count? done that either. That's fun. That I would love to do. That was real fun. That seems
0: like half the reason to be involved in a golf situation is to be able to joyride in the golf carts.
1: He would turn the governors off so that they would go fast
0: and we would just ride all oh. around in those. <laughs> yeah. Souping up the golf carts. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Ah. Uh. That's You should do that when you're in Miami, November 22nd through 24th for the Miami Book Fair. Join Maureen, midnight on the greens of Trump Doral, for some souped up golf cart action. Well, Dan, let's do this again tomorrow. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. From my new carpet
1: here in New York, I'm Maureen Johnson. <laughs>
0: And this has been a very special extra impeachment hearing episode of Says Who.
1: Damn, when I flipped the carpet over and pulled up the mattress pad and saw all those, like, the blotches where the puppies had been. Oh, oh boy. Gross. Oh, it was a whole biome in there, Dan. They are filthy. Like, <laughs> gross. And it's white. I worked really hard to keep that thing clean. But for 10 years, but I had two, I mean, two dogs, one who had cancer and was sick all the time and the other who was an insane puppy and also Zelda had her puppydom on it. So like biome, Mm -hmm. I would send that thing out to Queens to be cleaned and they would put it in a vat. It took two weeks to clean that thing because they would boil it in a vat
0: Johnson rug again.
1: They have a vat out in Queens that they boil your rugs in, they hang them to dry, and then they boil them again and they hang them to dry.
0: Yeah. That Oh, the poor soul whose job it is to empty the vat.
1: I don't know what happens in that vat.
0: Oh, That's why uh, the Gowanus Canal is so fucked up.
1: Patient zero.
0: Full of rug vat.
1: Came out of that carpet, Dan. I mean, you could just almost. <laughs> if, a, if a fully, if a fully, fully grown raccoon emerged from that rug i would not have been surprised <laughs> and i worked so hard to keep it clean no shoes like uh. constantly like cleaning it but i kept the it just recently i i sitting on it and just smelled i was like oh rug i love you so much but you gotta <laughs> go you gotta goodbye, go rug. goodbye rug
0: and goodbye says Huvia. We'll see you next Wednesday.
1: Why does so much of this revolve around my dogs pooping? (laughs) It's just how it is. Yeah, it's just how it is.